0: Today, Nancy and I are discussing a paper that's titled Effect of Feed Intake on Water Consumption in Horses, Relevance to Maintenance Fluid Therapy. And this is by David E. Freeman. Um, What's great about this paper is this is an update on fluid therapy ideology in um, the equine world. So this paper is 2021, I believe. Um, Yeah, March 2021, it was published. So maintenance fluid therapy is basically the amount of fluids a horse needs just to maintain everyday living. If they have excessive sweating, or they have um, diarrhea, then they're going to have elevated losses. And that's when we're looking at replacement fluid therapy. But your maintenance is what occurs every day in your barn or in your field. And also it can occur in a hospital setting too. We can provide a maintenance rate by an IV fluid um, drip. Mostly in hospitals, we, the reason we're putting our horses on drips is to replace losses. And then once those losses are replaced, we moved on, we move on to that um, maintenance. But it is something that is challenging in horses. And this can be that the horses either cannot drink or we might be denying them food and water. So, you know, where we've got concerns of colic or concerns about the gastrointestinal tract function. The important thing that they found with this is that our knowledge previously of how to work out how much liquid a horse needs each day was based on horses that are eating. And that's what's really interesting about this paper is it's kind of delving into the importance of looking at horses who are not eating or who are being fasted and what effect that has on them. You know, does their need increase? Does it decrease? And how can we kind of work around that? Because to date, there hasn't been research in this area. So this This was a really interesting paper from that standpoint because water we know is obviously essential to horses, and to all animals, but horses have this increased need for water, I suppose you could say, because they've got this massive hindgut that carries out fermentation and the water is needed in order for them to, I suppose, in simple terms, be able to digest their food and process it properly. So they found that in horses, um, because horses drink less when they're not eating. So when they aren't eating foods, they take in less water. Their need for water also lowers because the water is linked to that food intake to help with that digestive system. I don't know if I'm explaining that in easy terms, Nancy.
1: Oh, I think you're doing great because it, it is amazing how they've got this internal drive for drinking and the food actually does motivate that. And unless there's a disease or illness that overrides that internal drive, a horse knows what it needs to drink without really us getting involved. All, our job is is to provide the water and preferably clean fresh water to, for them to eat, or I mean drink, eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, most horses um their drinking drive kicks in postprandial or after a meal and it's you'll see your horses do it they'll eat grain and maybe eat their hay and then you hear them go for the water so you see that drive kick in and it's amazing that they kind of know what they need if we'll just kind of get out of the way and in
0: your typical adult horse, I think the rule of thumb was about 30 liters a day. I don't know. Do you know that in gallons, Nancy?
1: Yeah, I looked it up. Um, it was eight gallons. So I had some people say, you know, six to 10 gallons is a pretty good estimate for a horse that isn't working hard maybe isn't sweating a lot but um, some thoroughbreds uh, after they're racing or working they'll drink 10 to 20 gallons of water um, in that day after uh, racing to replenish that but i thought an interesting point was that when you pull grain or hay from a horse and they can eat nothing um, but you give them water available water they can survive 20 to 25 days and then if you pull the water but you offer them hay and grain they'll only live three to six days so that shows you how important water is in your horse's diet
0: and that is linked in with kind of a more and um, advanced cycle which we won't go into too much detail today but they can basically recycle that water and bring it into their digestive system it's impressive that they can do that I mean 20 days is such a long time
1: it um, is. I thought that was very you know I mean just water alone they can survive. And you know what I was thinking, and I may mention it in this paper, but somewhere I read about the feral horses that graze far from a water source, and then they walk all that way to get their water. A lot of it, their water content, um, the movement, it's that movement that keeps things moving through and that motility. So, um, because I immediately thought, what about wild horses that don't always have access to water, but they know where it is and it's that long movement. And I can't remember the distance, but it's pretty good distance they'll travel to get water.
0: They found as well that water needs increase. If you're increasing salt and protein intake, Which is so important because, um, Nancy, as we've said, you know, we've talked about before, people use salt licks so readily and they're so widely available. And you'll often see, you know, like a salt block or a salt lick for a horse within the stable. And it's not really necessary unless that horse is doing excessive sweating or really hard work and you need to replenish those salts. Um, And if you're increasing those salts, you're just increasing how much water they need to take in to try and balance that in the blood
1: system. Yeah, I I thought that was interesting. And then also, I thought it was kind of um, unusual that when you feed a less digestible diet, so grain plus hay, your water, your horse will actually drink less water than if you only feed hay only. And after I thought on that, I thought it makes perfect sense because the hay is a little bit browsier if it's less digestible. So the horse automatically knows I've got to drink more water. And then um, the amount of water that went to the hind gut to help in that fermentation and all that. I mean, it was amazing how that water just would, you know, be directed to the large intestine and to the hindgut. So it's a pretty neat system when you get into it and break it down. And um, I thought that that was interesting. And then along with that, the, they took pasture horses and put them into a stable. And they only gave them controlled exercise. And interestingly enough, the water intake doubled, but the fecal output decreased by half. And then the dry matter that were within the manure, that content of dry matter went up. So they were hypothesizing that stalled horses probably have more colon impactions due to this decreased motility when they're out in pasture they're walking and walking and picking around and looking for stuff to eat and in a stall even though they were getting controlled exercise that that was not there and so they were thinking that pasture care that movement that ability to um, not be confined had a big deal on those colon impactions and that fecal dry matter that was really fascinating and
0: obviously they're taking in more water because their bodies are trying to balance with the problem that they're perceiving you know they don't have the movement for motility so they're trying to increase the actual water consumption to help motility
1: yeah. And, the, and that's where I tied in those feral horses, you know, seeking water. They know where their water holes are. And I think from uh, equine behavior, didn't they say that most horses have their own territory? You know, they make their own boundaries and all that. So they kind of know their source and they have that freedom of movement it is a lot. And I know we keep bringing back to that with the welfare issue, but those uh, freedoms we talk about, it it ends up even affecting, um, you know, their overall water intake. Um, speaking of water intake, what I thought was
0: quite cool is we know I mean, we would briefly know that a lactating mare would need more water because they're producing milk, but they need more water somewhere between 37 to 70% more, which I just thought like seven, almost 75% more in some cases than the average horse. And I was like, that is fascinating because how often are you providing 100% more water? You know, if you've got your automatic troughs and things then you wouldn't notice and it would, the horse just balances that themselves. But as a figure, I was like, that's a
1: massive increase. Yeah, it is. I was surprised at that. And then also, if you do have a group housing where you don't know, what your horse is drinking or, you know, how much you can always do a pinch test on the skin and then also capillary refill. So you can, uh, you know, on the front gum, press your finger. And if that goes from light to pink rather quickly, you know, you're okay. And I think they said within a second, it needs to change. And then that pinch test, you can pinch on the neck and if it kind of stays folded uh, the horse probably needs a little hydration but they said that they're they're somewhat accurate not a hundred percent but if ever i have a question on what a you know if a horse is drinking enough i'll just do that quick pinch and usually the skin goes right back but you know you really need to be up on it if your horse has a fever or if you've been exercising it intensely, then you want to make sure that you're replenishing those fluids.
0: And the capillary refill time, um, when Nancy said, so you'd lift the gum and press, lift the lip and press on the gum and you're watching the color return, And um, that's probably slightly more accurate than the pinch test, just in the sense that, um, well, I don't know, actually, maybe the maybe they're probably both on par because I know really we want to take a blood sample to truly assess yeah. levels of dehydration. So they're probably both on par with rudimentary methods that you can do at home. But if you are concerned, definitely the gold standard would be to get a vet out and get them to assess the horse or if you notice changes in that, um, Something as well that I thought was really interesting in this paper, and won't obviously apply to everyone because it is more looking at horses that are in a hospital environment, but they found horses that were on a, an all-hay diet that were hospitalized and continued in an all-hay diet, uh, received sodium from the hay, first of all, so they, they meet their sodium requirements in the hay. But then if they're supplemented with fluids, iv fluids that will have um basically like an electrolyte solution infused into the fluids some of these horses can end up getting 10 times the amount of sodium they're supposed to get in a day and i just found that so fascinating because i think i think there's been a disconnect before now that the paper really points out in how we address fluid loss because we we think of them as separate things you know We're trying to fix this deficit or meet this requirement, but we're not tying in the feeding impact that it has. And particularly
1: in this species. Yeah. Yeah. Water is so important. And the, the salt, you know, just basic science, that salt pulls water. So when you're increasing the salt intake and the horse increases the water, you, you know, you're going to see more urine output because of that osmotic pull that salt creates. And so, um, you know, I've heard both ways that the American horse diet is always low in salt. Um, then I've heard, nope, you need to supplement salt. I think this goes back to what Brittany Davis always says, just have a well-balanced diet. If you have Mm -hmm. a well-balanced diet for your horse, according to this paper, that horse will have internal cues prompting it to drink. So I just think if that's the case, then it will pull that water that it needs in its colon to keep things going through. And you always give your horse plenty of movement. And another gentle reminder to get your hay tested
0: because a good quality hay, they're going to get their mineral requirement from.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing how each cutting can be a little different. And I know we've talked about it with people not always able to get hay from the same cutting, the same producer. So, and I know it's expensive to test each cutting you bring in, but, you know, just If you can't afford to get it tested, ask your hay farmer, what time of day did you cut this? Maybe what was, look at the soil sample from the spring, because we all test the soils every spring. So, you know, if you can ask questions like that, it might help you to determine a little bit. But nothing is as good as having the hay tested. Yeah. You know, I think that's everything I had for this, Nancy. Did you have anything else to add? I didn't. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, interesting paper. I will put a link on the homepage to it because if anything, it kind of explains that cycle that horses use to, you know, determine what they need to drink and what spurs that role of thirst On. And uh, I know PPID horses tend to have some uh, pituitary issues. So that neural network kind of gets a little off and they drink a lot of water and then they urinate a lot of water. So if ever you notice that going on with a horse, get your vet in there and, and just do a test for Cushing's or another metabolic disease because there might be something going on it's rare for kidney disease but it's you know not something Possible. you wouldn't want to check out Yep. yeah so anyway that's all I had I, it's an interesting take and I'll definitely it's free access I'll put the link and if you want to have a quick read of it, it it's pretty good article
0: Brilliant. And if you've any areas you want us to look into, and um, you can contact us on Facebook, Conversations and Equine Science. Or on Instagram, conversations.equinescience.
1: Yeah, and I will also have a link to the survey. It's going to be open till February 27th. If you get a chance, it takes a couple minutes. Just answer a few questions on, on what you want us to change or what you think we're, we're good at and uh, let us know. And we really appreciate the time. Perfect. And I'll chat to you next week, Nancy. Okay, thanks, Kate.
0: Take care. You too. Bye-bye.